All right, everybody, we are back with another episode of the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. That cheers, right? And Absolutely. So, you know what, Tracy? This is always, for me, one of the highlights of the year. And why is that? Because I'm getting a chance to engage with the women of the Lemon Pepper Wet Podcast. That's yeah. This week's guest, we have Bethany. And Christina. Hello. Uh, joining us, this is the third season of the podcast and the third Congratulations. time. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank yes. you. And the third time these ladies have sat in the third seat to guys. And they always come around this time of year. You know, I consider them to be our entertainment correspondents. I like that. I like that. I, 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 I that. Sure. You welcome it. I, now, Christina says she didn't like it. Tell us why you don't like that. <laughs> Well, no, it's not that I don't like it because you're giving us a, like, title. I'm just, I'm always afraid that I'm not going to, like, stand up to the, like, a ri- rise to the occasion. Oh, you are the occasion. You guys are the occasion. Absolutely. So, you know, give us a little bit and tell us kind of what's happening now with the Lemon Pepper Wet podcast because, you know, I feel like your podcast and 3 Plus 1 is linked. It's like a, we're tethered. We're tethered. Um, I think we haven't put out our episode November. for, oh, yeah, the last oh, episode oh, was oh, November. Okay. <laughs> you guys had a really great episode, uh, when your president, Don John, uh, Hashtag not my president. came to Atlanta to recruit your right. people, right? That's right, that's right, that's right, our family, it was our great. You had one episode, after not having I haven't had you pop into my feed since. Okay, I feel like that's shade, but also, you <laughs> so know, many guests I think I think that accountability is what Thank I, you, that's girl. what I choose to look yeah. at that as. Right. Good work. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, we we had a little hiatus. The holidays happened. Mm-hmm. Things. I feel like the holidays is usually my personal busiest season. Like just general, like Q four, like the fourth quarter of the year. It's, it's, it's entertainment. That is the down season for There's a not lot of much people. going on. That's when we go on hiatus. So we're gearing Y'all up went on hiatus. We Thank did. You. But we'll, we'll be back very, very, very soon. And I think. We got some new hot shit coming. Yes. Oh, we're going to have some guests this season. I think at this point. Three plus we're, one, we're waiting. We want to be there. Exactly. But I think at this point, everyone knows Christina and I's dynamics. And it's always nice to have another point of view. Right. It's always nice when we have male guests for a even different yeah. point of view to kind of like mix it up. So I mean, you'll be excited. You'll just have to stay tuned. Stay locked in. Stay locked in. So Tracy, how's your week been? It has been busy already. Book and busy. Yeah, auditioning. You know, auditioning. It's pilot season, you're up and going. You know, one thing that I love, uh, you know, is to hear about what you have going. I know it's very limited to what you can kind of share with the audience. Is there anything that you can tell us? What's the? You know what? Here's a question for you. Don't Tracy. breach your NDAs, please. I know. <laughs> yeah, don't breach your NDAs. Tell us this, Tracy. What is the hardest thing about pilot season and prepping for pilot season? The hardest thing about pilot season is the turnaround time. That you have um, to give out nine and eleven and thirteen pages worth of dialogue. Um, they want you to get this stuff in in twenty four hours, sometimes twelve hours. I remember last year I was auditioning for a show called Swagger. It's on Apple TV, and my agent was like at six thirty p.m. Hey, I need you to get this in to me tomorrow at ten a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like by ten a.m. and I was like 
uh, okay, let me find a reader. I'm at the gym. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got to go home and take a shower, do my hair. So I think that's the hardest part. I'm kind of like, well, do you want me to do it well or do you just want me to do Do it? it. You know, which one do you want? I'm not a robot. You know, I can't memorize as quickly. I'm a woman of a certain age, so my mind isn't as quick (laughs) as it used to be. So I think that's the hardest. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. So, Bethany, you also have a strong career happening for you in the world of entertainment. You're on the other side of the camera. You're doing lots of production. Yes. And so what has that what has been your biggest challenge that you face as you continue to advance in this career? Um, I think kind of taking a little bit from what Tracy said, a lot of things happen last minute. So it's all about adapting. Like you have to be able to think on your toes. You could get somewhere and I don't know, like the locations person is late. They got the wrong time or they got the wrong day. So now you have to improvise. Like where am I going to put my crew for breakfast? Mm -hmm. You always have to be thinking ahead and being ready for the unexpected. That's going to come. That's, it, that, that it's going to come. Sometimes we'll be sitting around like, nothing, you know, everything's going smooth. And then it's like, don't jinx it. It's going smooth right now, but we don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. And to that point, I just did a show where they recast a character that was oh, in the wow. scenes with me. And uh-huh. it was like, yeah, whoa, like so last minute, so unexpected. Mm-hmm. So you do have to improvise very quickly. We, we did that on our last job. We had a character that was booked for a day and he was going to be the father. Mm-hmm. It was going to be his birthday, the father. And then he had some last minute schedule changes. So now he was like the son in another spot. Like they oh, had to. Weird. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> so it was weird. But it was it's stuff like that. You just never know what's going to happen. So you can only be so prepared. Yep. And so, Christina, your day job is in the medical field. It is. Ooh. Do you feel as though having that consistency and that continuous schedule is better for you? Or do you long for the freedom of more flexibility? That's funny that you ask. I, I definitely, I think after a time, or yes, after a time, you do get kind of in this routine. It becomes very mundane. Sure. Um, but also after, like re- in recent months, I have been kind of branching out, doing little side jobs that kind of feed that creative like itch. Mm-hmm. And... I'm very thankful for my stable, like, nine to five (laughs) because I can see how, you know, freelance or contracting Mm -hmm. or being, like, self-employed can very easily be just up and down and up and down. So (laughs) I think ideally if I can have a little bit of both, like, something that's very consistent or, like, autopilot kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, situation – Plus being able to do like pursue my creative endeavors, I think that's like a perfect balance for me. Well, you know what? There may be an opportunity for you that's going to open up at CBS News. What? Uh, <laughs> King has drawn outrageous oh, no. anger. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait. Oh, wow. What? I mean, no, I'm going in this room to then step in and take the place of Gail King okay. uh, on CBS this morning as she has grown, drawn anger, outrage, even death threats mm-hmm. from a number of people during her interview with Lisa Leslie where she 
probe deeply about the allegations of sexual misconduct against Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot to be said about this uh, on multiple sides. You feel, Bethany, you were the first one to speak out mm -hmm. that, that the attacks against her were unwarranted. They're not valid. Or I, I think it's unwarranted. I think it's a little... I think people are leaning heavily into their love for Kobe mm -hmm. and not thinking... She's a... She's a journalist. She has to. She has to ask objective questions. I'm sure she was just as affected um, by his death as anyone else. But these are questions that people are wondering. Like people are thinking about these. Things. I don't know. If she was affected. You know. I don't know. If she, I don't know. If she was. She was because every day she wore purple in honor of Kobe mm. or gold in honor of Kobe. Like she was affected. Like everybody. Was I'm she not, affected or was she doing it for the camera? Was she doing it for the fans who were impacted? Here's my thing. She, Maybe. she is a journalist know. and like you said, you have to ask those hard questions. My issue with that is once Lisa Leslie gave her response... That should have been it. Mm -hmm. Do not try to dig deeper for another uh, answer or another response from this woman. She's grieving. She gave I, an answer. Yes. And, and that should have been respected. She tried to dig a little further. And, and my issue, other issue was when she said that, oh God, it, it was dismissed because the victim didn't testify. As if to say, had the victim testified, maybe it would have been, would have been a which would have, I mean is a is to my in my opinion a valid question. I think again, I think what a lot of people are trying to get at is that the timing mm -hmm. is maybe not right. But yeah, and but, but don't ignore the facts. This this victim exactly. also had DNA, other people's DNA found inside of her. Right. This victim and that's, also, that's not something I missed. I didn't know that. And see, these are these when are this happened. You, I don't even I remember the allegations, but I didn't follow it closely. I didn't do a lot of like I didn't really follow it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that the rape. Uh, the the rape victim, the alleged rape victim, had you know se semen mm -hmm. from five other men found inside her via the rape kit. There was a condom. Doesn't mean that she wasn't. Doesn't mean that she wasn't raped by five guys. Like, yeah, I could mean, have been raped by five. Yeah, men. that's a thing well, that if she happened. was. Why didn't she say five? Ooh, men? that's victim blaming. So, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I think How? that because. You can't you, you can't presume that you can't presume that a first a person feels there there are plenty of reasons why people don't mm -hmm. say or speak their truth. Her life could have been in danger. Like these other five we don't know who these people are. Maybe someone sent death threats to her or So she randomly chose the most popular person mm -hmm. in the group of six. I mean, to, I just I just don't want to I don't want to discount anything. Mm -hmm. As a person that has been affected by abuse, like I don't want to discount anyone's story because of what I feel they should have done. Mm -hmm. Like she should have said that all five people were guilty, but I mean we don't know why she did or why she didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel like in general, if a person is claiming that someone raped them, it can't be be like oh all immediately like oh it's because he's famous blah blah mm -hmm. blah blah blah. And there was actually a journalist, I, I'm sorry that I cannot remember her name, but she was a black woman, mm -hmm. a journalist on some news network. Mm -hmm. And she brought up a really good point about how at the time that it happened, we were kind of living in, in two spaces of, you, you know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah, we yeah. were living in two spaces of 
white families telling their white daughters, like, don't fuck around with black you, men, black men mm-hmm. because you had this um, situation of O.J. Simpson. Like, he's going to kill you. He's going to murder you. But then we also have black families telling their black sons, don't have sex with white women because Emmett of Till. Emmett Till. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's a, it's a very fine line of, like, is this a situation where, like you said, she's just crying wolf because she sees an opportunity mm-hmm. or are we being dismissive to an actual victim who is like, okay, yeah, I'm going after him because this is what's going to get my story noticed or what, whatever mm-hmm. the reason sh- she said it. Like it's, it's the truth and it's exactly what happened. So, I would love to explore more mm-hmm. the, the victim shaming uh, thought because I was raped at 15 mm-hmm. years old and I was in an abusive relationship in college uh, for two and a half years where I suffered a broken back and, and had uh, my ex-fiance kick me in my surgical scar and smother me and pull me outside when I was naked. So I understand being a victim. I just think that, you know, when when we have facts laid out before us, like these are facts, we can't ignore those either. Okay, mm-hmm. well... I mean, specifically pertaining to your question, when you were 15 or when you were experiencing that abuse, did you come out right away and say, like... Yeah, I did, but I'm different. You know, when I see a thing, I call it a thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, My parents knew that I was in this abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, My my father specifically said, now, I can help you, but if you're going to go back to him, Mm -hmm. I can't continue to put my life on, my job on, my life on the line. So, you know, I've always been vocal. I'm not saying everybody's like me, but what I am saying is that it, it's very difficult for me to sit and watch. I just watched the body language of Lisa Leslie mm-hmm. and how hurt she was at the thought of her friend being dead. And I just think as a journalist, you can ask those questions, but when you visibly yeah. see somebody going through, I think you should withdraw. Okay. You know, just have some kind of decor. empathy. Yeah. yeah, and I just think that's that's what that's what's missing. What's missing I regret that this is happening to Gail King. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's your that, that's your that's best, best friend. Okay. Best friend. Okay. I, I do. I regret it to happen to Gail King because <laughs> you, you know, she I had of how, of how, yeah, yeah, she had Oprah. When you have Oprah crying, it's a big deal to me. You know, I don't know. Oprah cries. Right. I cry. Right. Oprah cries. I cry. I feel pain. I feel pain. But on the other end of it, you know, Gail was wrong. She went too far. I. Are you saying you think Gail was wrong? Gail went went too far far in the fact of the. It was was not appropriate timing for this. It was. Mm -hmm. She was tone deaf to what it was. I believe that she was chasing. A viral moment. I think that yeah. Gail King wanted another yeah. R. Kelly, okay, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. where it, you know, I right. think that she wanted more credibility. I think that she went after the woman. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. she wanted more credibility for being a hardcore journalist, and I think that she may feel that this is what a hardcore journalist but I don't does. Think she earned the R. Kelly moment. I think R. Kelly gave her. R. Kelly did, but on the other end, in this long career that she's had in the industry, that was a highlight moment for her. I think that she won another ratings. Ratings went up for the show. It did that if that's what she if if that's what she wanted. Um, I do believe that (laughs) once a case is settled, the case is settled. We have to move on. In this case, you think so? It was a settled case. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's but, fair. So cases are settled, and we, 
so many cases are settled and you know in your heart, you feel in your heart. Like, for instance, we brought it up earlier. The case of Emmett Till, it was settled. Like, and well, that was a totally different time frame. It was different. Sure, it and was it may be that we frame. look back in 20 years and this will be seen as a different time frame yeah. too, right? The Me Too movement, can, maybe it's going to continue on and up hand, but what I'm hearing in the Harvey Weinstein case makes me say that this that we're about to take a whole other step backwards. Mm-hmm. That we're getting ready. His attorney is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Of course She, a, 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 a powerful female attorney, extremely intelligent, and she is sitting here turning the narrative around in such a way that I, I, I was stunned to hear a female speak the way that she's speaking. Uh-huh. But she, she to me, is going to put a nail in the coffin of the Me Too movement and it will be over. Mm-hmm. And That's misogyny true. and male privilege well, is going again. to go to a whole nother level. It never stops. Well, I, I think bringing it that car to I think it paused. It, 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 it got nervous. It, it got nervous. Yeah. So it, it became more subtle. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think? What do, why do you think she's going to put the nail in the coffin? Because she's a female? Because or? I think that she very well that may end up getting move. Harvey Weinstein off. And her she's very in the front on media. She's very Her rhetoric is very very convincing mm-hmm. about, you know, her rhetoric is very convincing. I think the issue bringing back to Gail King is mm-hmm. why didn't you interview Harvey Weinstein or people surrounding Because Harvey Weinstein probably wouldn't give her the time of day. Harvey Weinstein <laughs> case. And I think the optics are when well, we've seen you in 10 or 12 different pictures with Harvey. So mm-hmm. you, you cool with Harvey, you cool with the white man, but you want to bring down this black man who, since 2003, 2004, really stayed out of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. You know, when it, as, as it pertained to his personal life, now he was a beast on the, on the court. Mm-hmm. He talked a lot of smack on the court, but, right. you know, he stayed kind of out of the, the limelight. Yeah. Man, as it pertains, it pertains to his personal, you know, life. So it's, that's a little difficult because even though we can. We can have these heroes and these pioneers in black culture, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily also erase like their dark moments. Yeah, yeah. Well, mistakes they've that, made that, or things they've done that were wrong. It's yeah. a part of their legacy. Like it, it, you have to consider everything, yeah. and people are not perfect. Right. Everyone Absolutely. has a little bit right. of it checkered past, Absolutely. and it would be it would be <laughs> crazy of us to be like. This person is perfect. They did no wrong because yeah. people aren't going to say that about us. Right. But there are definitely some people. Every the everyone's done something, but there are people yeah. who have done less. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you know there are people that have done less, and I feel as though you know people are talking about let's take Kobe, and I'm a Kobe. I was a Kobe Bryant fan. Yeah. Zachary Kirk was a Kobe Bryant fan throughout because of his athleticism, his poise, his intelligence, yeah. his cult. He was cultured. He was everything. He was so cultured. He was everything <laughs> I feel a representative black male athlete should be. And kind of self-taught too in the, yeah, and he, in and the he had Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, all of that. Where he taught himself different languages. Correct. Three he spoke three languages fluently: yeah. English, Spanish, and Italian. However, you know, people are saying they want to make him the silhouette of the NBA, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he could escape these if this issue in his past. 
whether it's just simple infidelity or if it was more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, that probably should disqualify him from such an honor when you have other athletes. Who is the symbol for the NBA? Michael Jordan. No, no, it's, no, it's, not. it's, it's not. Absolutely not. Jerry No, 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 no. Yeah, I meant, I'm saying who should be the symbol. Absolutely not. Oh. What I'm saying yeah. is that before you make Kobe the symbol of the NBA, you should make it Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has more infidelity cases than Kobe. Oh my God. And, and Everything else. We need to go research. <laughs> Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan is no angel. No <laughs> one is bringing up Michael well, Jordan for a reason. No one's gonna bring up Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, I guess you know who else is no angel. Who? <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> who came out and did a, I would say, stellar. I love it. Halftime performance at last weekend Super Bowl. And it has drawn lots of attention. So let's talk about that. It has drawn lots of attention. Mm-hmm. Christina, you say it was just all right. It was just all right. I mean, as far as solely based on entertainment. Christina value. does not want to be the entertainment correspondent, <laughs> nor does she want to be agreeable tonight. Mary, Mary, <laughs> quite a trip. No, we need a little bit of. Uh, I know. So what do you think? It just was Tell not entertaining. It was dry. It was Ooh. not good. Oh my was fine. J-Lo already been overrated for okay. decades. Okay. J-Lo should okay. never have had a spot on that stage okay. ever. Despite the fact that some people feel that J-Lo may be overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's was the performance good. not good? Shakira was cool. Shakira? Was even when she was Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Y'all, what was that? Well, that was it's a real thing. It's she was the spirit of the yeah, um, the spirit of the movement yeah, the body roll got into oh, yeah, okay. her are that. you making this up or are you you know this for fact I know this okay. I thought I, love she her, I thought she made me want to go back into her like discography and okay exactly like, and that's how I felt about Shakira's you don't understand that's, you that's don't understand what she talked about you don't speak Spanish that's not true I speak enough yeah. Spanish or okay. I don't need to Senor Moreno did a great job Senor now that, I know that's Selena, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would have preferred to see Selena. Like, yeah. honestly. I don't know enough. A holograph? I would have been Selena. fine with that. I thought they did a great job at paying homage to um, the Latin culture. I, I, I They did. were in Miami. I thought they were very, uh, like, even with Jennifer Lopez's subtle... Um, well, that's what I love. Yeah, I, I thought it's her like, protest. Yeah, her subtle protest. You were given this massive moment. But y'all, and you highlighted the fact the children that the all, all of these Canada. people in America are supporting the Super Bowl, but you have children right now spending the night locked in the detention center in cages. That was, and they've good. done nothing wrong. That was a powerful moment in American mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm. That is what made it amazing. Okay. That is what made it stellar. And it also, and most celebrities fought, failed to take it advantage of a moment and have the courage to come yeah. out and do that. Beyonce did it with Black Lives Matter yeah, and yeah. she got information and it was a great moment and Jennifer Lopez and Shakira so but more Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez extended that and I, you gotta give her credit for that. I'm not, she can have the credit. It just wasn't very entertaining. Like, okay, okay, hold on. Okay. Girl, I I you, okay, what's your question? You didn't like I that. have a question. <laughs> if you could have built a better Super Bowl halftime in Miami, yeah. who would you have had? Beyonce. <laughs> I would have had her. Like <laughs> Beyonce said, I'm just trying to okay, enjoy so the show. 
I like that right. they brought the She's lesson. Like, I'm not home. even standing up for this national anthem. No, I'm sticking at blue. Get me my champagne. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like that they brought some of the lesser known uh, Latin rappers and, and uh, performers. I like that, but I would have liked to see um, Pitbull come out. Oh, I, I was actually expecting him because Wendy Williams said he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy Williams. What does she? How you doing, Wendy Williams? <laughs> I like you know you. how I feel about you. you I know. love you, Wendy. <laughs> you keep doing your thaggers. You're awful. <laughs> you, are, you are a horrible woman. You look don't, like your grandmother from Squidbilly. And I want you rolled off. I want you rolled off. Like Grandma Squidbilly. That's what you look like, Wendy Williams. Your hope one. And back to our regular. And you have no talent. And neither does Charlemagne the God. So, so I guess it's interesting. A good way. Pitbull would have been a great addition. I yeah, I, I think and that. I and y'all, she's fifty years old on that freaking pole like that. Fifty years I mean, old. Okay, I'm not, okay, okay. And she has millions of dollars and millions of trainers and millions of plastic yeah. surgeons, like and millions of fitness trainers. Like, did you I'm notice not, her her ass was gone? I, I noticed notice that her ass was wasn't her, moving. Was her ass I noticed that. Have we have we just come to a point where we realize that J Lo never really had the ass like she that? Did. I like, don't think so. J Lo's ass was never mm-hmm. anything to be noted. I mean, I guess in in her heyday, like as a Latina mm-hmm. figure, or whatever, she had a nice ass. She had I mean, curves, but she, I don't think it ever went this way. You know how we go this yeah. way, and she was she was a, a horizontally curved. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in terms of speaking of butts, uh, yeah, Pete Buttigieg won the Iowa caucus. Yeah. Like, but his name is like Buttigieg, but it's Buttigieg. But I got it. He won. <laughs> he was he, he won the Iowa caucus. This was a pretty big deal uh-huh. in American politics, and that number one, he's the first openly gay candidate to ever receive delegates in a caucus. Period. I think yep. that's something to applaud. But in addition, it was not the outcome many people would have expected this time last year mm-hmm. when you had Joe Biden as a clear frontrunner. Joe Biden, who was perceived to be the heir apparent of the Democratic Party, former vice president to President Barack Hussein Obama, finished fourth in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Finished fourth. Now, you ladies are laughing. Because you said a small name. You said a small name. That's the only reason I'm laughing. And to be completely frank, I have, my morale is very low. So low. (laughs) It it doesn't have to be because there is a a candidate for you. Who? There is an air candidate. Who the judge? Who the judge? There is a savior for the Democratic Party, the last hope. So I feel like, I really feel like I'm a member of the resistance. Okay, I feel like this is Star Wars. And we had a moment where Princess Leia came back and became the queen and she took over. And that was the Obama administration. But I'll be darned. You know, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. If the motherfucking, what's those people? The damn... What's the evil people in the Star Wars called? Yeah, the one with the Decepticons. No, in Star Wars. <laughs> the Stormtroopers? No, there's a name. You have the Resistance and then you the have... The Mogwai. No, you have the Empire. The They came back. Darth Vader's people came and they took back over and they are actually... Emperor Palpatine is making it worse than ever before in the history of the entire um, galaxy. And But I feel like the Resistance were still there and we have hope in... Uh, Pete 
Nap, I'm sorry. And my y'all laugh at me. You don't even know. And Michael Michael Bloomberg. (laughs) Michael Bloomberg is the candidate that I that I am going to endorse fully. Michael Bloomberg, I get (laughs) MLK. I saw. Wait, Michael Bloomberg. Explain that. I saw one of his campaign commercials on TV, and I couldn't fully read it. And I was like, "Is this a commercial for MLK?" (laughs) I just saw the M, the K. But it was Michael Bloomberg. It was Michael. You know, I feel like. (laughs) <laughs> Joe Biden should have done well. Pete Buttigieg did well because he is moderate. And as a moderate Democrat, that's what's going it will take, in my opinion, to be Donald Trump. Sure. Yeah, we I love agree. Bernie Sanders. We love some of the things he's that he's doing. This is the thing. He's doing very well with young voters. Yes. He's doing very well with the number of now minority voters who are looking for a winner. Mm-hmm. However, Neither of those demographics will make a big impact in November. Correct. The November election will be won by white yep. independents mm-hmm. who are undecided and yeah. white Republicans who are disgusted by how their party has betrayed them. That's right. And there is no way that Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders will appeal to their sensibilities. But Michael Bloomberg most certainly fits right into exactly what they're looking for and exactly what they're wanting. So that's what makes me say that I'm voting for Michael Bloomberg in the upcoming Georgia primary because I think that he has a very strong chance of beating Donald Trump. But not only does he have a chance of beating Donald Trump, he has the financial resources to go toe-to-toe with him Mm -hmm. and run a nationwide campaign where he's going to be very, very competitive. The Democratic Party has spread its resources extremely thin. They have done a really horrible job of reigning in those candidates, and they've done more harm and more damage in the last month than I would have ever thought possible. They are on the verge of collapse. It's a critical time. And there's not one candidate running that I have to have any confidence or faith in except Michael Bloomberg. And this took a lot of work, a lot of soul searching for me to come to this decision. But I feel as though he's the only candidate who has a chance. I think he's if the only one If you're voting for Michael Bloomberg, I'm voting for Michael Bloomberg. Uh, there, there he is. Just that simple. I, I think he's the I only know. one who can truly <laughs> get in the gutter with That's uh, Donald Trump because he has his own money. You know what I'm saying? Michael Bloomberg is worth $60.5 billion. Donald and Michael Trump. Bloomberg, if you are out there, honey, all I have is $40,000 in student loans. You could just pay that off. Okay, which is interesting because it would seem like a person with that much money would need to protect his interests in the same way that a lot of like really stark Republicans, like staunch Republicans need to do. Like how can you have six, that much You can't money? deny the fact that Michael Bloomberg was the Republican mayor of New York City. Yeah. Okay. Michael Bloomberg absolutely ran and won as a Republican. Uh-huh. And he absolutely implemented policies that are beneficial to the Republican Party. Right. I, I would not be able to endorse Michael Bloomberg in a traditional regular year or a traditional regular yeah. time. But yeah, we're yeah. not living in that time. We are living in a time when Republican senators who have sworn to protect the United States Constitution chose to disregard that yeah. and support and endorse a man who has undercut everything this country stands for. I don't care about stopping frisk when I'm concerned about the longevity of our entire race in this country yeah. under a white nationalist like Donald Donald Trump. Because uh, Donald Trump like truly believes. He's a 
an absolute nationalist, and he is he's he's yeah. even he's a racist. And he yeah. also truly believes now. I do believe this since his acquittal that it's going to be Trump forever. I do believe no. he wants to take away the four years. Did you see what he posted? What he posted after the after the new, the acquittal news came out. He posted a string of tweets that were very pompous, very, very obnoxious. There was this little video of him and like a Trump 2020 sign, then 2024, yeah. then 2020, and it just yeah. kept going and going and it's going scary. and going. He's in love and it was, the, it was the scariest thing I saw. That, and it's dangerous. It yeah. is a dangerous, dangerous thing that he's he's putting out into the universe, y'all. We need prayer. Yeah. And again, you need a candidate. You need someone who can go, can, can come, come back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and we talked about, like, you know, I, I feel like Donald Trump had dirt on every single senator or members of their family. And yeah, I believe I that they use that against those senators but, to get them in line because they weren't in line. But that's how he got rid of Hillary Clinton. That's right. That's how he discredited her, uh-huh. and that is how that's he right. discredited Biden. He, and the only person who, who could stand up to him was Mitt Romney. So we owe Mitt yeah. Romney a debt of gratitude. And you know, I would have never thought I would say that. But, <laughs> but you know, look once, at where we once come. Obama was going out of office, he and Mitt Romney became good friends. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like an olive branch saying, hey, I know we're on two different sides, but we can still run this country together. Mm-hmm. And I think Mitt Romney understood that after he left because he had a little come to Jesus moment and, and said that, mm-hmm. you know. Well, those days are over as, <laughs> as is the time for our Monday episode. Oh, Thank you to everyone who tuned so in and dropped. Okay. Monday's a wrap. Monday's a wrap. We will come back and, and tomorrow record again and we will see you then. So, everybody, thank you for joining. Bye. Bye, everybody.